It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long. And you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb, Eric, and Sean. Listen in as I discuss the 1972 film Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos! Pink Flamingos! Pink Flamingos, yes, here we are. After many, many delays, we're finally covering the... Is this the second John Waters film? It's the second... Well, Yeah, I guess third. Maybe. I guess his mainstream, if that's even the right term to use. Because apparently well, he, he had a lot of uh, yeah. films in the 60s that I don't even know how you qualify, again, what's his canon and what's not. Um, because... When you, when I look at the the filmographies of his you know his troupe, they have you know three or four things of his from the '60s, and it's hard to know what counts as a film or not. Yeah, hmm. like his first official film was called "Eat Your Makeup," and I think it may have been a short film when he would just show it like at a coffee house or something like that. Um, and it's interesting you say this is his first mainstream film. Second, um, I guess. The second, second mainstream film. I don't even think he was that mainstream right. for obvious that reasons. Is. Yeah, you can tell. Uh, of course, now everybody, you know, you say John Waters, you're going to think of two different movies. You're going to think of either Pink Flamingos because it's the movie where Divine eats dog shit. I mean, that's what everybody goes to, even though it's not yep. even the worst thing in the movie. Um, <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> And if it's not Pink Flamingos, then Serial Mom, which is a infinitely superior film than much of what he's done, uh, with possible exception of maybe... Oh, I thought you were going to say Hairspray. Yeah, Hairspray, I think is... Oh, Hairspray, one. yes! See, guys, when I was watching John Waters movies, and I watched Hairspray, I didn't like it, because it wasn't, you know, it's G-rated. I mean... Yeah, it's, mm. it's his most mainstream. I even think Crybaby is maybe a little well, a little more well-known Yeah. than uh, Serial Mom. Yeah, I haven't seen Just that. Just because of the Johnny Depp heartthrob uh, element. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that since it came out. My mom took me to see it in the theater, and I always forget that it's a John Waters movie. But yeah, it's fun to think that John Waters sort of discovered Johnny Depp, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny to think about him being mainstream in any way. It's kind of like David Lynch, thinking that at one point people actually, like, you know, in droves went to go see David Lynch movies. How weird. Like, well, yeah. Dune was as mainstream as it gets uh, at the time when it came out. Yeah, The Elephant Man. I mean, everyone went to go see that. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, I guess that's, you know, back to Pink Flamingos. Yeah, you know, and what's interesting about this, I've seen this multiple times. I didn't have to watch it uh, to do this podcast. I almost know it by heart. <laughs> um, and I, I can't really tell you what the plot is. Well, actually, I could, but it's really easy. Nothing happens. Well, no, the plot lies in this movie. It's just these two groups of people. One thinks they're filthier than the other. And then yeah. eventually one of them, you know, 
you know, kills the other group. Yeah, literally, like, nothing happens in the plot until maybe, like, the 50-minute mark. Maybe yeah, even the hour yeah. mark. <laughs> it's all about, uh, you know, scene to scene, the things that these people say and do. Um, and I might, I'm going to tell you, my favorite right now is actually not Divine. It's not mm-hmm. the trailer trash family or whatever you want to call them. I kind of like Babs. Not Babs. Uh, Edith Macy. What's her name? Yeah, just Mama. Edie. They just call her Mama. Edie. Yeah. I love Mink Stoll and David Lockery. I seriously oh, yeah. think they're such assholes. <laughs> and she even has a line. Let me tell you, there are two types of people. My type of people and assholes. <laughs> and it's it's like, I read it once and I think I mentioned it maybe when we did one of the other ones. You know, these people are, are not actors. This is a group of people that would, you know, they were all friends in Baltimore. They would get stoned and they would make movies. And this is probably his most structured movie so far as to 1972. Um, but man, it's just like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to make a movie and they keep uh, girls in uh, a well in the basement and they have the the, uh, the butler rape them and then they sell the babies uh, to lesbian couples. I'm going to make that and put it in a movie. Well, okay. What else can I think of? So it's just really a concept. It's not a movie with a plot that goes from A to Z. It's a concept, you know? What is? What do you have to do to be the filthiest person on earth? Um, and by filthiest, you know, we're not talking about most violent or most uh, sick. We're talking, you know, that's not serial killer, uh, but just... And then, you know, eating dog excrement, obviously. It's like every scene, it's almost like we're watching a scenes that have, a bunch of scenes that have been nominated for the most disgusting of 1972, and we have to decide which ones. By the way, I'm voting for the chicken scene. Uh, that is, yeah. That That's probably the most horrifying. I, I think <laughs> the, the most filthiest is the blowjob scene with Divine. Oh, oh, Rack. yeah. Is mostly flaccid dick. Ooh, that was that was <laughs> the chicken was worse than the. That, that's definitely gro- That's definitely like the most disturbing. I don't know that just crackers being like, oh yeah, mama, you're the best it's ever been. I should have known you'd be the best it's ever been. It's like oh again, god. Again, I was more okay with that than the, the chicken scene. Yeah, the chicken scene. Yeah, uh, of uh, in his book. Uh, John Waters does say they killed the chicken. It died during filming, but they also cooked and ate the chicken. So, I don't yes, know. Yes, he actually says that in the special features. Um, oh, really? Yes, he does. He says, because he says, yeah, people think it was bad. And he's like, first of all, you know, you know, I like I like chicken anyway. Uh, uh, no, he says, like, you know, we kill them and eat them anyway. But he said, he yeah. says, and it's hard, it's hard to know if he's just doing... This dry humor thing uh, when he's explaining this, um, what he says. To be honest, he's he says I think this was good for the chicken. It, that's not a direct quote. <laughs> no, but he said, but this chicken. He's like this chicken. He's like you know this chicken is famous. This chicken, first of all, got to have sex first. Um, yep. <laughs> and then he said like, and the chicken is like it got to be in a movie and it will forever be remembered. Um, so he's, you know right off right there he thinks this is pretty good for the chicken. And then he says. Yes, that um, after shooting the scene, uh, that the, the cast later cooked and ate the chicken that was used. And again, it's hard to know. Could be true. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. I haven't listened to those uh, special features in a long time, but I can just hear John Waters saying all those things right in my head. But he's saying it very straight and dry yeah. <laughs> to the camera. 
Yeah, he does great commentary. Uh, but uh, there, there are other moments in this movie that don't involve the two families. There's this random-ass scene of... <laughs> Divine goes to the store... And uh, there's this guy with long hair and glasses, and he's like all into her, and he's looking at her like, Ugh. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. This is <laughs> they are so fucking high while they're making this. Oh, yeah. um, if he would have known, you know, if David Lockery would have known uh, how famous this movie would have made him, I think maybe he would have, uh, you know, gotten off the. Uh, or uh, jumped on the, you know, let's not take drugs wagon and die, I don't know how many, like 10 years later, maybe? Um, yeah, it's pretty soon after this, sadly. Yeah. And he, he was in uh, the other one we did, Multiple Maniacs. He was. Yes, he was. Is Lockery yeah. the one with the colored hair? Yeah. 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 Almost everybody from Multiple Maniacs is in this movie. Or people who had speaking parts, I should say, are pretty much all in this movie. Yeah, I'd always liked. I always liked. Um, yeah, like you said, I think the marbles plot, you know, is maybe my favorite aspect of the movie. But I didn't really think about David Lockery in particular until we did Multiple Maniacs. But yeah, the guy, he's just got such a funny way of delivering his lines. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just great. In his sex scene with Mick Stoll, when they're, like, sucking on each other's toes and, you know, <laughs> talking about how they love each other as much as they love the color of their hair. Like, that's just so... Oh my god, yes. <laughs> this is the one that, well, he has, like, the blue pubes, right? He's got the blue pubes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. Oh boy. <laughs> and he's always going around flashing everyone with his little flaccid dick. <laughs> and his sausage. With a sausage tied onto it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, I would love it, you know, to show this movie to my grandma, but I don't think she would have lived through it. Um, it's so disgusting. But uh, I, what I love, oh, yeah. though, is that this movie does get a lot of recognition among critics you know it's not like um let me think of a good example uh friday the 13th uh which eh, well it's not that good anyway but you know it's not really considered like real cinema or anything like that no. but but uh i bet you if friday the 13th was exactly the same but came out in 75 it would probably get a lot more notoriety maybe eh, because i don't know yeah, i think I, so i think so I think it doesn't get as much because those other movies came before it, like, um, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, the one you like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and like those yeah. other things, those other, um, I don't know what those movies are called. Uh, what are they called? Are they Exploitation? exploitation? Like the I Spit yeah. on Your Grave? Like those types of movies? Definitely Exploitation. Right, so I think those paved the way, which is why, I guess, Friday the 13th was just bringing that to the masses, but if, wow. if, if it had just come out sooner, I think... It'll be locked. It's much, much more watered down than any of those <laughs> Friday Thirteenth, the original one. I mean, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I was gonna. So, Sean, uh, when do you think you first saw Pink Flamingos? I think I saw it in about uh, maybe '94. Um, I remember I tried to track down. Um, I tried to track it down to VHS. and I actually ended up calling New Line because I wanted to see it. So, and I found out about it. Because uh, I had this book, and I, I still have these books. There's three of them. They're, they're called cult movies, and each book, you know, goes over like, uh, you know, a hundred different cult movies. And this is one of them. And I read about it, and I'm like, I want to see this fucking movie. So I, I made it my life's mission to find a copy of this movie because it wasn't going to be on TV for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, I end up, 
I don't, don't ask me what it was. I don't know if it was New Line or a distribution office, but I remember talking to a lady who was really, really nice. And um, she said, you know, we're not going to release it because there's all kinds of issues with the rights. Um, <clears throat> I just realized something. Anyway, uh, there's all kinds of issues with the rights because of the music. There's lots of music in this movie from other sources. Um, so I guess they, they, they worked. And then a friend of mine, actually a friend of my mom's, he knew a guy who knew a guy who owned like a gay video store. So he was able to get me a copy on VHS. Um, and it was one of those clamshell cases, I remember. Um, and I, no, but I just like that Sean brings up a thing that was a thing, Caleb, where you could actually reach out to companies back in the day, like Nabisco, mm-hmm. like before the days of Twitter. And you could actually, eh, sometimes it would work out. And then they can lead you to something, but that was mm-hmm. that was really a thing. Like you know, they would respond to you. I mean, even even if it was a no, it would be like, you know, I'm sorry, but blah blah blah. Um, I, yeah, I kind of miss those days. Yeah, I was I was really surprised I was able like to get through to someone. But when I saw the movie the first time, I thought it was aside from the obvious like really gross stuff, um, like the dog shit and all that, and the chicken. I thought it was kind of boring. Um, because I mean, directing wise, it, there's just a lot of static shots. I feel like I could have directed this, um, but it, it just became more of a fun thing after you know seeing it like two than three times. Oh, I've got pink flamingos, and you want to watch pink? Fl- oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and of course, um, I had seen like Serial Mom, and Pecker was another one. Uh, and wow, this is the same guy. That's amazing. And and then I was really disappointed. Uh, when I saw uh, hairspray and polyester, I, I didn't like polyester. I thought it was a, I thought they they were a little bit too quote unquote normal than some of his other uh, uh, old stuff. So, yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've still never seen polyester, but yeah, I think that was one of his bigger mainstream hits. Which is one of the reasons I've actually not sought it out <laughs> for that reason. But <laughs> yeah, he, he he had Tab Hunter was in it. Um, <laughs> Uh, there is a great. There are two great documentaries um, that were on Netflix at one time. One is called Divine. I think it's Divine. And there's another one by uh, about Tab Hunter. Yeah, it's uh, I am Divine. I am Divine. Okay. And the one about Tab. It's the same director. The, the one about Tab Hunter is not Tab Hunter. I did not realize. I mean, in polyester, he's. I don't know how old he. He died maybe two years ago. I think. My God, that man was hot. I mean, he was perfect. He he looked like uh, I remember years ago. I saw I, I had, uh, some Twilight Zone episodes, the old Twilight Zone, and Robert Redford was in one. He was like a perfect man. Like he looked perfect. He looked like a blonde Kendall. That's what Tab Hunter was like. And he was totally gay. And he had an affair with Anthony Perkins. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, to, be, yeah. to be a fly in the wall in that bedroom. Anyway. Uh, Anthony Anthony Perkins a, was some yeah to be a cotton on the wall I should say or you should say is, uh, <laughs> Wait, what does that mean cotton because she uh, she's you know the one observing the uh, the chicken scene and she's oh like, right 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 okay gotcha. oh gotcha. yeah that's right gotcha, that's gotcha. right <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> yeah Tab Hunter Roddy McDowell Anthony Perkins they had some wild parties back in the day I'm sure they're all dead now. Malcolm McDowell, did you say? Uh, Roddy McDowell. Oh, Roddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not as hot as uh, Malcolm, but okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's really fun about this movie as well is, you know, it was gu- guerrilla filmmaking. 
they, they didn't have permits to film anywhere, and I, I'm not sure if they really needed permits, but just the scene where Divine's walking down the street in Baltimore, <laughs> and I believe that they're in like a predominantly black neighborhood, and everybody's checking her out, and she doesn't care. It's, I think they're playing the song, Girl Can't Help It, Can't Help yeah. It, Girl Can't Help It. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so The hilarious. music in this is great. Yeah. It's really, really good music choices. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Eric, I heard that the first time you were watching this, you were eating food. Yes. Oh, I, yes. About your first time, Eric, I'm very curious because um, we were talking a little bit in the Multimaniacs episode about you know, we didn't want to build this movie up too much for you. Do you feel like we did, or was this still kind of a shock for you in some ways? I, I think y'all did without even, without even, without even trying to build it up too mm. much. Um, what way do you mean? I mean, just by simply recommending it, that right there is building it up too much. Yeah, I get. Oh, wait a minute. So, did you like this uh, not as much as Multiple Maniacs? Uh oh. Oh no, Sean, we might be in trouble. Overall, I like it more than Multiple Maniacs. Okay. But there's actually some things I perhaps like more about Multiple Maniacs. Um, more than Pink Flamingos. But as a whole, I, yes, okay. Pink Flamingos wins, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, what is it that, you know... Yeah, it sounds like you're uh, qualifying your answer there. I'm very curious to see... Uh... Not, what, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? Um... Did the movie shock you? Did you feel like you were like, holy crap, I can't believe they got away with this to some degree? Not, holy crap, I can't believe they got away with it. Not, no, not that exact feeling. But there was a little bit of shock factor, I guess. Uh, two parts. Two parts, I think. Um, that were some shock factor. Um, one is the chicken. Uh mm. That's a bit of shock factor, and honestly, I don't know if it's the chicken as much as it's the uh, decapitation of the chicken. Yeah, um, and the fact that that's a real chicken and it just popped its head off, and I, I can't think of two. I, I'm sure there's some other examples of true graphic violence like that in other movies, but yes. definitely didn't see that coming. Uh, so that there was some shock factor that worked there, um, and I was eating when that scene was oh, coming no. on. Um, were you, were you eating chicken? <laughs> I don't remember what I was eating, but I Popeyes. Was, oh great! Oh great! There's no Popeyes. Uh, oh, the closest one's like 70 miles from me. But um, oh my god, bad. Tom would never live there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the other one that got me a little bit, and also considering the time factor and everything, and I was like, wow, I didn't know something like that would have been done this long ago on film. But I got, they got me with the, the trans person at the park or whatever. I, I mm. was not expecting, I did not see that coming at all. Uh, so that surprised me. Um, refresh, refresh my memory, the trans person in the park. Um, what's his name with the blue hair is doing his sausage gag again. And he's at a park and there's some pretty girl, I guess. Uh, and he uh -huh. comes up and he does his little sausage thing. Uh, or I can't remember the order of events, but um, she shows like a boobie, and I thought, oh, she's a little bit more attractive than the other ladies in in this movie and in this universe. Um, and then and then when the boobie girl r revealed her penis, 
I did not see that coming. Uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. It was, I was I had no idea that the crying game had been had been done. You know, twenty five or however many years, or maybe twenty years prior. Um, so that was some shock. That and the chicken, all the other stuff. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. But those two got me by surprise. Those two went beyond what I thought was possible, I guess, in this movie and in the time in which it came out. So, yeah, so, yeah that in that the job, the, the movie did its job. It, it did, you know, as the the English would say, and like with multiple, it, it's exactly what it says on the tin. And like with multiple maniacs, like I could, I don't see how that's the thing. I don't know how much more quote unquote mainstream audiences had exposure to multiple maniacs or this. I have no idea how that worked, or at least people going out to art house films because, you know, yeah, serious audiences, shall we say, serious minded audiences, and with a lot of the stuff in multiple maniacs and, and and much of the other antics in this movie. You just have to somehow exponentially multiply the shock value. So there's already plenty of shock value in both these movies. But those two things in particular, if they shocked me now in 2021, I just can't not even imagine being exposed to that or seeing that stuff uh, on film in a movie theater. Um, in the cause, Because even though we know... That like um, adult movie theaters were a really big thing back in the day. Okay, we get it. Pornography in a public theater, so to speak. But between the trans penis and the, and the beheading of the chicken, to me that goes way beyond um, like what you'd see even in an adult movie theater. So that's like, wow. I don't know. And I guess now the man-on-man fellatio didn't do much for me in 2021 but i guess again if you transport yourself in a time machine that's got to be something else too for audiences of the day it looks like it didn't do much for uh the guy no. playing uh, <laughs> crackers yeah it's like the worst blowjob scene in all of cinema history it's like oh uh, and you know what i don't blame but him. to be fair you know he was laying down you know sometimes you know some guys you know I can definitely relate. You don't get as much when you're laying down for blowjobs, but but yeah, no, that scene was always kind of a. It kind of reminded me. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Probably not. There's this weird Alice in Wonderland porno from the '70s. <laughs> no, but I want to see this now. I want to see this now. <laughs> There's a blowjob scene that reminds me very much of that, where like the guy's like pretending he's getting off, but his dick's completely like flaccid the whole time. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. He's selling it. I mean, he's going off. Like, he's really getting into it in terms of the acting part. But <laughs> This is really off topic, but I just want to say it because it's... Off topic! Slightly germane to the conversation or the top. Um, so, I've mentioned somewhere on some podcast that, I, you know, DNF is it's a sports term, but it means, like, did not finish. Um, there's, there's a short list of movies that I've actually started watching where I consciously said, all right, I'm done. I'm out. And uh, it's a very short list. And one of those movies was Brokeback Mountain. And I had mentioned that on some podcast uh, in the last year or two. And, and I always wanted to clear up after whenever I mentioned it. I didn't stop uh, watching um, Brokeback Mountain because I'm homophobic or 
anti-gay or I can't handle a gay love story. That's not why I stopped watching the movie. Because I just had this thought how I didn't finish that movie, yet I finished this movie. You know, it's like, what's the difference? Um, because in Brokeback Mountain, the reason I stopped, it wasn't because of the gay relationship per se, even though it was a bit over the top. Um, I mean, I don't mean physically. I mean, just their love in general was over the top. Um, it was because I couldn't stand the side characters and and the the ladies that the protagonists were involved involved with bothered me even more than the gay men in the movie. That's actually the reason why I stopped watching um, Brokeback Mountain because it was just too much. It was too much of a leap and uh, of the of the melodrama that was going on around the gay relationship. That's actually so. I'm just explaining why I couldn't get through Brokeback Mountain yet. I could get through Pink Flamingos, and I wasn't thrown by. Uh-huh. Man on man fellatio or anything else. No, uh, yeah, you never even touched that fishing pole, Jack Nasty. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, Eric, that movie was nominated for best picture, and it's also in the list of a thousand one uh, movies you must see before well, you die. If and when it so. comes up on either of those podcasts, I will finish it. But that's why I, I rented it or something, <laughs> and then I was like, "This is too much. It's too unbelievable. I can't." Okay, take it you know anymore. what I? And I, I don't want to talk about Brokeback and Mountain uh, too long, but I, I, the thing that I uh, never liked in that movie is they went from uh, like first base to home plate in about twenty eight seconds, and it doesn't work like that, gentlemen. You don't, especially when you're out camping and you got swamp butt or God knows what. You don't, mm-hmm. and that's you don't do it at your first time either. That really bothered me. It's like okay. And it's just oh. so weird that that movie was directed by Ang Lee. I just can't get over it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. make all these Asian, you know, oh, a Brokeback Mountain. That appeals to me. Yes, I'm going to make that. And then he won an Oscar for it. But, yeah. All right. Um, so, Pink Flamingos, um, I noticed recently, if you guys, uh, speaking of, oh, God, the chicken scene is on the screen. Have you guys, uh, I'm not going to look at it. Hold those goddamn no, gonna, chickens. Uh, <laughs> I just got. I just had to say that. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so it, it didn't really. Speaking of uh, gay uh, stuff, well, we're talking about a John Waters film. It's hard to you know do that without talking about gay stuff. But uh, uh, there is inspiration in this movie. You can see it all the way. Taylor Swift. Uh, what was the What was the video that she did? Uh, you got to calm down. You got to calm down. Yes. The burning trailer is the burning trailer uh, on fire is in the video. Okay, it starts out, she's starting out, she's, you know, in her mobile home or a trailer, and she's making breakfast, and then um, and then she leaves, and it's on fire. It's the exact same color as the mobile home in... Uh, well, in uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Wait a minute, there are two chickens in the scene. One is... Oh, this is just so disgusting, I can't watch this. I felt so oh, bad my God. For, for Cookie Mueller. I'm glad you brought that up, because... I was actually thinking about the Taylor Swift video in, in relation to this movie. I didn't remember that part of the video, but I was definitely thinking there's something going on. Uh, like I was thinking oh, about this God. trailer. I was thinking about that video. I was thinking how that video is super gay pride, LGBTQ, etc. Um, so I, I was already having the thoughts. And I'm not surprised that there was a very direct reference, as you say. That's the velvet hand at work, because obviously... Taylor Cruz. Obviously, the, the Velvet Mafia. I just said Taylor Cruz. Taylor Swift <laughs> obviously had no idea what any of those 
little Easter eggs, no pun intended, are. But I'm sure that was the Velvet Hand inserting itself oh. into that Oh, I'm video. sure the gays, yeah, the, the gays explained it to her. You know, in that video, she may not even known who half those people are. Yeah, she might have. You never know, Taylor Swift. I mean, she made more culture. No, no, no. As much as I love the gal, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, I just want to add that tonally, um, okay, so I just saw, I don't want to brag, but I'm just going to mention this. I'm five feet away, six feet away from a 70 inch flat screen TV. And I just saw that fucking chicken scene and it is way worse than I remember it ever being ever watching an VHS. We we should talk about that scene briefly because yeah, that, that scene is quite, it's probably the most disturbing moment in any John Waters movie, movie I've ever seen. It's bad. Especially Cookie's screaming during it. Like, she's just, like, shrieking the whole time. And I'm sure it's the actress, too. She even screams, like, oh, it's scratching me. It hurts. I'm sure that's just real, like, yeah. just horror. It was already bad before the chicken was decapitated. It was already yes. really uncomfortable. Yes. And... It's almost like he's raping her. I mean, I don't think there's any oh, penetration. Absolutely. Uh, but it's like, could you please stop? This is going too far. Oh, my God, this is going too far. And, uh... and it reminds me... It reminds me of the last house on the left. Like I think I mentioned oh, you guys before. Like if you know any of the behind the scenes, there's one scene where an actress just starts to break down, and the other actress has to like console her. And that was completely genuine because Wes Craven didn't give them give them any prep, and the actresses were really just horrified by the rape scene. And this scene just kind of feels like that with Cookie's reactions. So, like, so what's worse? Yeah. I've never seen that version of Last House. Is it that worse or like Once Upon a Time in Paris or whatever it's called? A Night in Paris. Well, I've never seen Night in Paris. I don't know what that is. So, well, not, famous... not Midnight in Paris. Uh, Woody Allen no, does not have any no, rape scenes in that, Midnight in Paris. Not that. No. <laughs> oh, God, Owen man. Wilson rapes Kathy Bates. Famously <laughs> or or inf- infamously in A Night in Paris, um, Marlon Brando goes off script and uh, and penetrates the gal um, with with like a stick of butter. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it's Last Tango in Paris. Last, Last Tango, Tango in Paris. Paris. Sorry, sorry. Uh, You're right. Last Tango in Paris. And supposedly, um, after the fact, like, yeah, the actress talks about that and how that was not planned and that was not part of the script. It was, like, improvised in the moment by Marlon Brando that he truly penetrated her with some butter. Yeah. Um, Thanks. And so then, I yeah, you, you can watch that scene and, and you can think about that, like, as you watch it. Like what was actually happening? The, yeah, I uh, I had that movie on a uh, thousand one movies podcast uh, a couple years ago, and it is for the most part a pretty good movie. Um, but uh, she does not look like she's not enjoying it. To be fair, um, but and she died. She died years and years ago of of cancer. But after I did that that episode, it was revealed that you know between Brando and Bertolucci. I think they were, they may have been in on it together that he was going to do this and surprise her, but uh, she did a good job of acting that it did not surprise her. Um, but the the one that stands out uh, for me is there's a movie called Cannibal Holocaust. Oh. Have you God. seen this, Caleb? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's, that's the one with the infamous uh, animal brutality. And, well, uh, multiple. But I think. The, the the chicken is worse. I mean, at least they eat the turtle. Well, wait, they eat the turtle. I think on screen. No, it's. I think the turtle's worse because they start chopping off the limbs, and the turtle's trying to 
like scramble away as they're chopping it apart. Mm, okay. Even the monkey in that movie, that's just some hugely ugly stuff. Oof. Yeah, don't, don't, it's gross. Don't watch it. It's on Shudder, I think, or I don't know if it still is, but I know Joe Bob Briggs did it. I've never been able to go back. It, it's just too, too grotesque for me. Yeah. But it's got a great piece of music, that guitar piece. I mean, that's a great piece. <laughs> It's creepy and it's happy at the same time. Yep, it's perfect. Perfect. Ennio Morricone, may he rest in peace. Um, but I, I was just going to talk about when you're watching the chicken scene, it's the most horrifying scene in the movie. Um, and it's immediately followed by one of the funniest scenes in the movie where the egg man comes to visit. Oh. <laughs> yes, Eric, I need to know what you thought of all the Edith Matsy stuff and. I think she's just absolutely hilarious. I didn't think much about it. But but is that a true thing, though? Is that what the Eggman was a euphemism for back in the 60s and 70s? Because then that made a lot of sense. Um, No, I I think it was... Oh, this is so gross, too. Oh, him jerking off and putting it in a syringe and then put it in a lace. Yeah, we actually see her vagina, too. Oh, I just don't... I don't know. Yeah, that Um, seems really grotesque. I love that actress, by the way, Susan Walsh. Just raging at him, you fucking asshole! We're gonna get her dead body. <laughs> I love all that stuff. It's just hilarious. Was the Eggman? Was that a, an actual euphemism for someone who brings brings along like drugs that are like in capsules uh, or bars, as they call them nowadays in current slang? Is that actually? I don't a thing? think it. No, I think it was. Uh, it, John Waters was taking it literally. That there's this well, fat lady, Edith Macy, who lives no, in a crib. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I get. I actually, I actually thought it was a different reference. See, I oh great, I'm go, I'm watching the scene where Divine just walks into the lawn and just starts peeing on it and wipes herself with the toilet paper. Oh, you're <laughs> way behind us. And then she walks away like a yeah. true lady. Like, yeah, just walks, slaunter, uh, saunters away. That's like my poop story, but that's something to be told offline. Oh boy, yeah, I've heard that one. Everybody has a poop story. No, but so 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 that's not a thing then. No, I thought the Eggman was like a play on the Milkman, but like, you know, Milkman, you know, they'd say like, oh, they'd be sleeping with all the housewives. I thought that's kind of what the Eggman was supposed I, to. Uh, I thought it was like, like this guess. was an actual thing, like, you know, like in the Beatles song, Dr. Robert, you know, that was the guy who comes to the party with his, you know, physician's uh, bag and, you know, brings out the fun stuff. And then, of course, there's the Eggman uh, and I am the walrus. So then I thought, oh, this makes sense if the Eggman is, is a euphemism for someone who brings around. And I thought the whole thing with her obsession with the eggs and the different types of eggs and she wants the Eggman. I thought that was all a satire on someone who brings brings by the drugs. You know what? I wasn't around. I, I don't know. I'll look into it. Yeah, I wasn't around then either, but I'll buy it. I'll buy in. That's, that's what I assumed. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So that's what the Eggman means. Um, I'll look at whatever up. it means. She's just fucking hilarious in her little her little baby crib, screaming about eggs and talking about how much she loves eggs and loves the egg man. I love their little marriage scene too when he proposes to her. <laughs> I just I think that's that's some wonderful stuff. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, she's just so it's like it's like he met this lady uh, who owned like a secondhand goods shop. And I, I just want to hear the conversation. So, Edie, I want you to play this character, and she wears baby clothes, and she's in a crib, and all she wants to do is eat eggs. 
And let me tell you, after I watched this movie with my friends, I mean, every time someone brought up eggs, oh, let's go have dinner, or let's have, go have breakfast. Yes, I want eggs, eggs, eggs. Me too. Absolutely. I'd be like, oh, where's the egg man? And they'd be like, what the fuck? He pulls out the suitcase and it's got different eggs. Like, like it's all. She wants one of each. She, oh, I love that egg. I want that egg this way. And yeah, she's just I'll great. One of each. I, I read in the, in the cult movies uh, book that I referenced earlier, the author said that out of everything in the movie, Edith Macy, and or maybe it's Massey, made him the most sick of all uh that he couldn't stand her yeah which is sad because i think she's kind of cute i think she is so i love the way anyone they like talk to her like oh she's asking about like um what would happen if all the chickens died there was no eggs like what would i do and babs just explained to her and she just the way she like nods the whole time listening i just i I think it's so cute (laughs) oh babs when is the Eggman coming? It's okay, Mama. He's gonna come by soon and give you some real great A treats. <laughs> or when he's rolling her away in their little just married wagon. <laughs> her little barrel. Now, uh, there there are some that reminds me of the party. They have the birthday party, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness. I remember watching this years ago and I had a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, I know. Don't, you know, her college roommate, uh, we're watching this all together, you know, cause I got to proudly present that I own this piece of filth on VHS and show it to everybody I know. And she's like, kind of not saying anything. I'm like, is, is, is Anne watching it? And then they get to the asshole singing, seeing, is it bird, 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 bird is a word. Uh, uh, I can't remember what. No, I don't know what that name of that song is. What, do you know Eric? What? Say it again. Ba-ba-boom-a-ma-mow. Ba-ba-boom-a-ma-mow. That one. What about it? Do you know what that Ba-ba- song's name is? No. Sorry. I think it's Bird is the Word. Ba-ba-boom-a-ma-mow. Ba-ba-boom-a-ma-mow. That, that's probably the song that uh, created the rights issues. but Yeah. Because uh, that was a really popular song back in the day, in the 60s. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the 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 guy with the singing asshole who died about two years ago. I don't know where the fuck I read that, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, my uh, girlfriend's roommate says I don't know where. Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> that song is uh, "Surfing Bird" by the Trashmen. Oh, oh Surfing Bird. Go. Okay, Surfing all bird. right. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and the, you know, the gaping asshole part isn't the worst. It's when he, like, squeezes the most and you can, like, see the interior, like, muscle. That's when it's just like, ooh, I don't want to see that, that ass. Okay, thing. yeah, you know what that's oh. called? Uh, uh, those are called blossoms. And I know this uh, because uh, John Waters had a stand-up special. It wasn't so much a stand-up, like, comedy stand-up, but he would just pontificate like he does in his commentaries or in his books. And it's a par- that's called blossoms. That's when... Uh, you get so much up your ass that you have the interior of the ass sticking out. Yes. And uh, this is not something that I'm interested in. I just that's know what, about it. That's what they call like a pink I, sock in nowadays um, jargon. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't want to see it. Well, actually, a pink sock is what gross. you call a prolapsed anus. Um, oh. like, yes. It's something yes. that happens <laughs> like when, you, when you're in your elder years, yeah. but you have a history of uh, butt sex. Um, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact, true fact. 
Um, the Eggman, at least from the Beatles reference, is something different. Um, it was John Lennon coined the term, I guess, in reference to Eric Burt Burdone or Burden. He was a member of the the, the band The Animals. Um, oh, okay. uh, John Lennon had said that 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 in reference to Eric Burden, like he'll scramble your mind. But apparently, John Lennon attended an orgy once where Eric Burdone was a participant. And Eric Bourdon would, uh, he would, um, what is it? He would, uh, he would break raw eggs on the girls, like, during the, during the orgy. <laughs> and that's where it came from. Well, at least with the Beatles, that's where it came from. Interesting. So he was uh-huh. the egg man. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound safe. No. What did you think of, uh, the Edith Massey egg man situation, Eric? Did you find it funny, or... I mean, I don't know if this is just me and Sean. No, I did not find it funny, but like I said, I was wrapped up into it thinking it was an allegory, and that pleased me enough. (laughs) Um, No, but her being like the infantile character mother, and her, it was just, all right, I'm moving on. It didn't really. Really? I thought it was was so sweet when Babs and Cotton would try to, like, you know, talk to her, and she'd just sit there nodding, like, oh, yeah, like, you guys know so much more than me. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. The prude in me, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't be on board with anything with her and this whole <laughs> infantile thing. I just... I I, my brain just went into waking coma mode, like, sleep mode, like, during those parts. I think you had the same experience as me when I first saw this movie, because there's another mm-hmm. scene in this movie that when the first time I saw it, I was like, this is so just now it's just getting stupid. And that's when they go to marbles, the marbles house. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to refresh me. Cause I don't know. Anybody's just, name. Babs and the son. Uh, I can't remember crack Babs and crackers go in and they think that what they're, how they're going to get back to the marbles is they're going to lick all the furniture oh. and they actually go in like it's the the lickable wallpaper from Willy Wonka, and they're oh. licking everything, and then they do the the blowjob, I think, and yeah. then when um, oh my goodness, when the marbles come home, all the furniture like they sit down on the couch and the pillows jump up and they're like freaking out. It's just yeah, the they, first they time I saw them. that. That was possibly the grossest thing in the movie to me. It was all the <laughs> the licking and the. Extra, oh, I don't want, extra saliva, <laughs> especially when uh, later, like, Divine was getting saliva on the table or something. Oh, and <sighs> just the way they're talking, like, they're getting so, like, sexually, like, I don't know what. Like, oh, this is where they come. This is where they eat their filthy Like, the licking at first was funny, uh, but then it just it got, it got disgusting. Oh, yes. <laughs> disgusting, but hilarious at the same time. Uh, and Eric, okay. you know, like I have some sort of weird bias against a lot of like comedy, but this movie I just did. I don't, I I don't just... know what that means, but I mean, I have bias against comedy too, but I don't think it means the same thing when you say it as when I say it. Yeah, most a lot of comedy for me just feels really forced and obnoxious mm-hmm. to the point of being off-putting. But this movie is, is just, I it's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. I don't understand yeah. what it is about it, but <laughs> it's not <laughs> like especially that. Especially that pregnant chick down in the the basement. Anytime uh, that is it Channing, their little manservant, yeah, the but, the butler, yeah. She just keeps going off. Where's my fucking pills? You got all this <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop laughing. No, I think these things are better when you talk about them or describe <laughs> them than when you actually watch. Okay, them. you're not wrong. 
Because to, to listen to this conversation, if no one has ever seen this stuff, it, it's the way, and especially because y'all are laughing and stuff, it sounds like you're describing something like like a Monty Python movie, or it sounds like you're describing a Monty Python movie that no one's ever seen. But it's not that, though. It's not at all that. You, no, you know what? No, I think you're right. It, um, because that's how I feel about Monty Python. There's a few Monty Python sketches that I like that I think are hilarious. And there's some that everybody else thinks hilarious. And I'm like, this isn't funny. Like the dead parrot sketch. I don't, uh, this is, what is this? What are you doing? Um, I like that one, but it is a little overplayed. Yeah. And, uh, but uh I'm just saying though, for the uninitiated, it sounds like you're describing Monty Python and how Monty Python is funny. Um, and like I think I think your descriptions of some of the jokes are better than when you actually see the execution. Well, no, I'll I'll say I I really think this movie pays off in repeat viewings because the first yes. time you watch it, it's almost like a shock and awe experience. Like yeah, absolutely it's overwhelming in some ways. Absolutely, because it's such a particular style. Like even just John Waters' way of filming, like all these weird zooms that he does, it's kind of off-putting and weird. But the more you watch it, it, it starts to work in in some way. Yes, and just yeah, the the style, the humor, the way everyone's kind of yelling all the time, and it just gets once you're initiated into it, it gets really funny. But I absolutely agree, and and I think that's why it makes it like the perfect cult film. Um, it gets better with repeated viewings. I mean, come on, right now I'm looking and I forgot about the scene where Channing dresses up in Mink Stoll's clothes no. and pretends to be. <laughs> And they're just around the corner listening as he's repeating the same dialogue they had in their sex scene. Like, oh, man. I'm telling you, those of you listening, all five of you, it, it sounds better than it is, what you're hearing. On the no, podcast. it is. It is good. It is good. It is okay. it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's it's wonderful, except for the chicken scene. And maybe mm-hmm. the dog shit scene. And I, 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 I know, uh, Eric, you listened to the commentary. Uh, was the dog shit scene like made up on the spot? I don't remember. No, I'm sorry, I didn't. Listen. I did not listen to the commentary. I only watched some of a okay. special feature. No, the the dog shit scene would have been bad if it wasn't for the wonderful John Waters, like his weird reporter that he does, like his National Enquirer reporter, where he's just like yelling about, "Oh, if you think Divine's bad, like this is the filthiest thing you've ever seen." He's just watch as Divine. Yeah, the. the <laughs> It's kind of like uh, a 1940s news of the world, except like really gay. Yeah, like read all about it. Check out what Divine does next. Yeah, what you what do you think about that, Eric? The the John Waters reporter uh, yelling. <laughs> I was numb. I was numb. <laughs> what, what what if we saw this again? Uh, and it was at a theater, and it was filled. It was like Rocky Horror, and it was filled with with fans of the film. Would you do you think you would have more fun? That would that would change everything. That would change everything. Okay, 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 go. Cool. Okay, at least you got that. Or if it was a party, or if I was drunk, or if many other things you could fill in. Uh, but I saw this sh- as straight and sober as a person could be. Yeah, I watched it sober with my girlfriend sitting next to me, and I was just laughing my head off. And she would look over occasionally and be like, "I don't understand. Like, what's, what's, <laughs> that's why you like it." <laughs> so, I mean, I guess. it is. <laughs> It is, yeah, I, I I, really think that it's not John Waters' best film. And, you know, I implore you, uh, Caleb, uh, if we do John Waters again, everything I think between this and Serial Mom is kind of eh. 
Uh, I know. Okay, hairspray. I know. I know. But I already explained. I don't like hairspray because yeah. it doesn't feel like it John Waters to me. And they didn't they remake that with John Travolta. Yeah, and Amanda Bynes and uh, Zac Efron's in it. The remake Jesus. too. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's okay. It's it's a fine musical. It's got some good musical pieces, but yeah, definitely very different. Sp- speaking of John Travolta, uh, Steve and I just finished watching Battlefield Earth. Oh, wow. I can't wait for that. Oh, boy. (laughs) But we both agree that we love watching John Travolta in that movie. I mean, it's like the dude is just... Anyway. Um, But uh, I implore, Caleb, if if you want to do another John Waters movie, uh, Serial Mom. I'm sure Eric would love that. I mean, that movie has, like... Mm -hmm. uh, There's a guy who finds a... (laughs) Yeah, part of me, part of me wants to do female trouble, because I actually think Eric might like female trouble more, because <laughs> it's oh, a little bit yeah. more streamlined as a plot. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot that happens in that. Yeah, and it's it's an okay. It's it feels like John Waters being like, I'm done with the kind of scatological, kind of random element. I want to make a more structured movie. But, and I actually I should mention this, that movie was very much inspired by John Waters' kind of personal interviews with tax uh what was his name was it watson one of the killers of the manson family oh yeah tex watson yeah yeah and, and he even uh, during this really movie, uh divine walks past the street and on the there's a big uh what's it called spray painted banner that says free tex watson wow wow yeah that would never happen yeah because he was really he, uh, John Waters was, and I think still is, is into really big, like, trials. Like, he would go and attend, um, oh, yeah. like, trials. Uh, so much so that, uh, who was it? Petty Hurst. Uh, he went to her trial. And then eventually had her in, I think, two of his movies. She was in Serial Mom, and I think maybe, no. um, Cecil B. Demented. Let me tell you why I don't uh, really care for this uh, movie and, and Multiple Maniacs. Um, because I actually think the script is okay. I think the story- wait, wait! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Eric. I, I hate to interrupt, but right now the scene, the I, I don't remember this, but the Eggman is in the crib with Edith Macy, and they just made out. <laughs> yes, that's that's the proposal scene, where he's like, "I love you. I've never met a woman like you. I'll buy you like a thousand eggs." She's like, "Oh, Mr. Eggman, I don't love you as much as I love eggs, but I love you kind of close." <laughs> now look, it's it's so cold on set. You could see his breath. Oh yeah! Oh, freezing. <laughs> I think the script is perfectly fine, possibly good. Um, I'm fine with the story. The reason I don't like this movie, or really multiple maniacs, is because I think I think it's an X-rated children's movie. Is what I think it is, uh, and I'm okay with the X-rated <laughs> part. I'm not okay with the children's movie part. Um, I don't know if I said this before. I did allude when we saw to uh, multiple maniacs. I did allude to the fact that this is just like. A bunch of like college kids or high school kids making a movie for themselves with an iPhone these days. This is the equivalent of that with 16 millimeter back in the day. But to take it a little bit further, what it very much reminds me of, I don't know if I said this and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's this whole market out there on YouTube for these things that people make uh, for these channels that are dedicated like to, to children viewing like ages seven and under. I, I I never would have known this stuff existed if it wasn't for my niece who's all up into all this stuff, and it's people who are college age or older, um, and they make these really, 
It's like when you played make believe when you're in elementary age, but if you filmed it, but these things are made by people college age and older. Um, and they're made specifically for a child audience. And they make like these little things like, oh, we all have Nerf guns and it's two teams in the house and we're trying to kill each other. And they make up like a, like a, a really bare bones um, plot line to connect it all. Or they, they make like a little slasher movie in their house. Are you guys aware of this stuff on YouTube? Vaguely. Well, there's a ton of it. There's a ton of it. And this stuff gets millions upon millions of views on YouTube. And it's all made for kids like seven and under. And it's like grown adults like making these stupid stories, these stupid plots that don't make any sense. And But it makes sense to children. And kids cannot stop watching it. And it's a huge thing. And this reminds me of that, except if it was exploitation X-rated. But it feels like the exact same quality of acting and and nonsensicalness. And it, it's exactly that. It's just X-rated. Okay. And I can't not connect it to that. And when I watch, my niece watches hours and hours of that stuff endlessly. And I'll watch it with her. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? And why does it have like 78 million views or whatever? Like I, And this feels like that to me. It it. It feels so much like it um, in every way, like the way it's just shot and the way it progresses and everything. And I'm not trying to knock it, uh, Pink Flamingos and, and this stuff. It's just I can't separate. Oh, great. Now I'm watching this, the singing asshole or whatever this is. Oh, I, I completely I forgot about this. Okay, I, add this to my other two. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> the list okay. gets longer. Yeah, the cavalcade of horrors. Okay, I forgot about the prolapse anus and all that. Okay, so add this to my list of the, the trans penis <laughs> and the chicken head. Um, oh, Eric, I, I wait, when does the trans penis come up? Because I... It hasn't I, happened I saw yet. The... I'll, I'll give you a heads up. Okay, all right. Oh, fuck. Oh, I completely forgot I gotta this. talk about that scene. So the, the dancing asshole is a little horrifying in its way because, yeah, the the prolapsed bit and every now and again every now and again you see the guy smiling as he's doing all that which makes it worse for whatever reason <laughs> i don't want to see his face but, but anyway i'm sorry so i guess i have this weird bias that, uh, oh no i'm sorry continue i just I, I ended that last rant sure at the end of that because the marbles you know they're watching this whole like cavalcade of horrors uh party sequence for uh, babs's birthday they decide, oh, like, we need to stop this. Like, let's call the cops, and the cops will come in, and they'll shut this party down. Oh, God. But they just end up murdering the cops. They cannibalize them, <laughs> including, like, the, the fucking the Eggman. He's participating in the murders. Yeah, uh, yeah all of them. <laughs> uh, you know, otherwise normal people, uh, you know, aside. But I love that. And and no one ever comes, you know, looking for the cops, because this isn't no. that movie. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll eat the I cops. Love- after the murder, they're all like shaking hands and just waving goodbye, like it's the end of any normal party. Like that, I, I, it's just such. It's got such an absurdist quality. It's just very funny to me. I don't, I don't know how to, to justify it to you, Eric. But it's just, it's very. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to justify it. I get it. I get it. It's. Just, I can't separate it from those videos. Oh God, I, I can't. I can't. I can't look at the prolapsed anus. It's coming up right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like red. Like blood red. Like it looks blood like it's red. bleeding. Yeah. It's just nasty. Absolutely nasty. <laughs> and the Eggman loves it. Everybody loves it, including the yeah. Eggman. <laughs> and Jesus, apparently. Jesus is there. I don't know if you guys see that. <laughs> no. 
I just, oh. oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it more than I, I loved it before from talking about it. Eric's right. It's it's better the more you talk about it, I guess. Hey, I when I was watching Euro today, I was just absolutely into it. I mean, this movie, it's just such like a celebration of just absurdity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a piece of art as opposed to an actual, like, movie, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. We're just going to show you shit you never saw before, and it might be fun, it might gross you out, but it might show you a little bit about yourself, as we're seeing right now with the three of us. uh, Yeah, only two of us are excited about it. I don't know what that (laughs) means about us, but... uh, That's that's what's kind of interesting about Female Trouble, is it feels like even John Waters, after making this movie, kind of felt like I got everything out that I could have gotten in this vein of making movies. Female Trouble, I want to keep some of those elements but tell a real story and then I, I feel like I haven't seen polyester but I've everything I know about that movie feels like he was like okay maybe I want to I'm kind of done with that element of making movies I want to make something yeah. more mainstream female trouble there's uh, is a little bit busy um I, I, if memory serves I think did she play Dawn D- D- Divine? Does she play Dawn Davenport? Is this the one yep. I'm thinking of and she That's wants right. the cha-cha heels she <laughs> Eric <laughs> let's see if you find this funny at the beginning of the movie, she's a high school girl named Dawn Davenport, and all she wants for Christmas is cha-cha heels, okay? <laughs> so her parents, for for Christmas, on Christmas morning, you know, they've got the Christmas tree up and everything, and her parents, I can't remember what they give her. Uh, but it's it's not cha-cha heels. So she gets really mad. She yells at her parents. She tips the Christmas tree over. And on Christmas morning, she just marches out of the house and starts a, uh, a life of her own. Yeah, life of crime. <laughs> yeah, life of crime. And and she gets raped, you know, by a guy. And I, there's, a, there's, there's kind of too many characters in it. And Edith Macy returns. I think she's some sort of, like, queen of something. Yes, but but uh, it's... it's, it's the person she gets raped by is Divine, so it's Divine as Don. Oh wow! Okay, and Sean, Divine you're the like, rapist. This is your two-minute warning for the trans scene. But okay, continue. Okay, all right. Yeah, so we actually get to see like a male Divine in it, and it's very strange, very very strange. That's <laughs> awesome. I would, yeah. Uh, Divine was a much better looking woman than a, than a man, by the way. But, and then uh, Mink Stoll plays the child. <laughs> the child. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my! It, some of that stuff is amazing. It, it goes on too long. It it doesn't have enough to fill its runtime. But there's some really great stuff in Female Trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially Ming Stumble. Um, I mean, she's just she's just wonderful in the right role. I, I yeah, she is good in everything that I've seen her in. I loved her in Serial Mom, where <laughs> she steals. <laughs> She steals Kathleen Turner's parking spot at the yarn barn. <laughs> okay, well, Eric, maybe, Eric, Eric. Okay, well, listen maybe to this. Sean, maybe, Sean, we won't spoil it, because I think okay. maybe we should do Serial Bomb. Because if, if Eric hasn't liked this mode of John Waters, maybe he'll like that mode more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I feel like we got to try at least one more time for him, because John Waters... I mean, <laughs> But what's great about Serial Mom is you kind of, you know, like he could have made that movie in 1972 and kind of had the same actors. But he's got Kathleen Turner, an Academy Award nominated actress who is completely doing the John Waters thing. 
Like yep. she is invested in it. She's doing, pr- and I, I wager, I, I dare say that she, it was, wor- it was an Academy Award winning uh, or uh, nominated performance, I think. But there, she would never fuck. She was anything. great, absolutely great. And it's a shame because uh, <laughs> between the last time we did a John Waters movie, I've recently watched uh, Cecil B. Demented. Is that good? No, it's not. Poor Stephen Dorff. He really commits. Like he really tries to deliver that John Waters performance, but the material is just not there for him. Like it's a really weak kind of picture, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to see it. I've never seen. I saw Pecker. There are moments in Pecker that are really good. Um, I liked. Uh, what's the girl that's in um, Goonies that was a, played her, his sister? She were she was obsessed with the gays. And oh, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I don't really remember that movie. That's one I haven't gone back to. I've only seen part of that. I've always been like, <laughs> so you know. After he made that, I don't think he really made anything else, did he? And he just sort of did a circuit, uh, you know, touring and, and and giving speeches and stuff. And yeah, he made a dirty shame. Oh, that's right. And I've never heard anything positive about that. That's why I've never seen it. <laughs> well. That's okay. Don't make any more movies, John Waters. Just continue doing what you're doing. I want to see you on stage someday before you get too old and die. Uh, because if you see him on stage talking, he's 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 a gem. He, he really is. And Eric's like, okay, whatever. That sounds like Christopher <laughs> Nolan to me. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody that... that uh, who does... Uh, uh, Brian Singer. No. Uh, Hack. Uh, <laughs> I like I like listening to your episode about cancel culture. Like, what do these people do? They, you know, no. what's he gonna do? What is Kevin Spacey gonna do? Is he just gonna go sell carpets? You, you know, it, <laughs> I don't even remember what we said on that one, but I'm sure I was offensive in some way. <laughs> no, you were not. Well, I'm not a really good, really good judge about that. Okay, <laughs> Eric, you okay over there? You uh, are you awake? I think he's in a coma. I think he I'm passed fine. out. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Oh, too bad, Eric, because I remember you kind of liked Multiple Maniacs more than me and Sean. It's kind of funny that you like this one a little bit uh, less than the other. There's elements I like more about that movie than this movie. There is uh, one notice, one thing that I noticed uh, from watching it right here in the background um, is that what Waters did was he put up posters, and I think he was filming this in his like his neighbor's house or his mom and dad's house. I think it was his own apartment. <laughs> his own apartment. Well, it's the house with the stairs. Yeah, for the the marbles, marbles apartment. Yes, marbles apartment. Yes. Yeah, that's and uh, <laughs> he puts up a bunch of uh, posters for what are seemingly today uh, obscure movies. There's a uh, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton movie, um, and there's one movie called The Queen. And uh, I've seen this movie. It's only a it's a documentary. It's only about like an hour and ten minutes long, and it's basically set in the it's from the sixties. And the camera crew went down, and this is actually pretty cool because it's the 1960s. It might be like 1966. Um, they're going to have a drag ball, um, which, by the way, a drag ball. Well, no, this was a drag. Uh, what do you call it? Competition, not a ball. A ball is something else. And they they start with following all the contestants. They're putting on their makeup and all that. And at the end of the movie, it, it's mostly boring until the end. In the, in the end, there's this drag queen named Crystal. Uh, Crystal LaBange. Why do I know this? But anyway, <laughs> she gets really mad 
uh, that she didn't win, and she walks off stage, and then she's backstage saying, Monique told me not to come. I should have listened to her. Look at her hair. Look at her makeup. She didn't. She looks like a bag. And it is hilarious. Like, if you think that drag queens overacting are hilarious, which I, I think mm. is hilarious, uh, you would enjoy it. But Maybe I should check that out. <laughs> just just re- fast forward to the last 10 minutes and uh, watch the RuPaul's Drag Race where uh, somebody does uh, Crystal LaBeja for the Snatch Game. Eric, are you actually watching TV while we're talking about Pimp Flamingos? That is not... This, this yes, is I am. Well, I'm watching the movie, but... I, I, thought, I, thought, I, was working, I thought I was working with professionals here. This is, this, is, this, this is why I don't do two shows in one night. No, I was just watching the BJ scene while you, while you guys were talking about that. Me too. I was watching that scene, and I was just... I was watching it without sound, so I didn't have crackers yelling about how Divine was the best ever. Or I should say Mama was the best ever. It's the most divine <laughs> gift the mother can give us. Oh, jeez, did they really say that? That's oh. what she said. That's what yeah, she does. That's a son great. who yeah. will steal for you, a son who will do anything. I love the turd scene, by the way, when the marble sent in that turd. She's like, oh, they're threatening my div- my divinity. <laughs> She's like, <"Sorry>, God. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best worst reaction ever. Oh, wait, let me see. It's he. Yeah, here we go. You know, I would at least shave. But, you know, that's me. Oh, which scene are you on? He's Tom? missing teeth. It's it's the blowjob scene. It's the oh, mother-son blowjob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that seat. I mean, he, clearly he's, like, completely flaccid. Like, I don't know, like... Uh, not that know. bad. It's a gross scene. It's not that bad. Uh, It's a pretty gross scene. <laughs> for, for a guy in his 20s, that's, that's not good. I mean, I mean, he's got his eyes closed, so you can tell that... Uh, yeah, he's I'm not just happy. saying... There's flaccid and there's flaccid. And that's not flaccid. That's pretty fucking flaccid. No, it's okay. a bad look for him. Oh he's no! Got, he's got the... You're you're. Uh... You guys have high standards. <laughs> Don't you mean long standards? Oh yeah. Uh, that's what I meant. Now, once you get to be 45, which is my age, you learn to see what flaccid means. That's what I'm you, saying. That's you what I'm to... saying. This yeah. is not that. Yeah. yeah. This is not. This is not. I got out of the out of the cold pool. This is this is not that. That's fair. That's fair. He's not like yeah, like a pee. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about like when it when it when it goes in on itself and it becomes part of the scrotum and you got to work to. I'm like, oh my god, what's going? Oh, it's it's that problem. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know about that problem, but but yeah. You'll you'll see. You'll see. Either way, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty unimpressive look for him, and yeah, he just screaming about his mama like that's just, <laughs> yeah, it's horrific. <laughs> and now we see uh, uh, Connie and uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, David Lockery, oh, or they're they're Raymond. Yeah, uh, they're they're torching. They're they're pouring gasoline all over their uh, uh, mobile home or trailer. They're gonna light it on fire. This movie is just great. I I can't tell you. But Sean, I gotta say. You're mentioning the first time that plot kicks in, because <laughs> up to that point, it's really just no, it's yeah. Like, no, I mean, the plot's happening. there. It's there. It's no, it's so it's so not there. Like I, very occasionally, the Marvels would be like, "What can we do to attack Divine's, uh, you know, the filthiest person alive reputation?" But it nothing really happens. They send Cookie no, yeah, to be a spy, but that's you know <laughs> that doesn't really go anywhere really. <laughs> 
<laughs> one of the greatest things, uh, well, maybe not one of the greatest things, but Roger Ebert, one of the greatest things that Roger Ebert wrote, beside his uh, review of Jack Frost starring uh, Michael Keaton, that's oh, not the, yeah. the horror movie Jack Frost, but the one where oh, it's, the Christmas it's a movie. movie. It's a horror movie in its own right. <laughs> but he did this with two movies that I know of. Uh, he refused to give them star ratings. He gave them NAs, not applicables. Stars don't apply to this. He gave it to that to this movie, and he gave it to Human Centipede um, mm-hmm. because th- both movies, as I said earlier, they do exactly what they say on the tin. They horrify you, and you come away feeling exactly the way that the director wanted to make you feel. But it's not good. Um, I think that's especially true of Human Centipede, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. But I don't want to see it anytime soon so yeah yeah maybe we should do that i I've, i watched it back when it was like really famous at the time mm-hmm. i remember thinking like oh, like it's not as disturbing as people said like it's a little gross and it's kind of poorly acted but i've heard so many people love it you know in retrospect that i'm curious to go back for a second viewing but oh, i'm on the scene where the two women down in the the basement get to kill channing i mean <laughs> the, I, suzanne walsh i mean maybe, maybe i like her more because she kind of plays a major role in female trouble but i just think she's so great as the pregnant <laughs> pregnant slave person down there like it's so fucked up for the marvels to have their little their little baby ring yeah that's yeah. uh yeah <laughs> i know it's like this it, it's it's grosser than silence of the lambs where the guy keeps the girl in the well so he can make a dress out of her skin yeah and it's only it should be like highly disturbing especially the scene where he goes down there to like do his little uh, insemination scene. Oh, it's so gross. Her yelling, her yelling like, "Oh, you fucking so sick! I'm gonna throw up all over!" And she just throws up. She's like, "You're such a bastard." It's a bad business model. Just the way she delivers her lines, it just makes me laugh so much. You know what he's doing? He he doesn't rape her. Uh, he jerks off in his hand and then takes like a turkey baster or a syringe, and and then put. I don't think that's going to work, sir. No. I, I mean, I haven't tried it, but I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. I thought he was going to do it into something. Just the fact they did it right into his hand. I'm like, no, come on. This Channing, he's not the brightest guy around. Come on. No pun intended. He he he's looks... Like, oh, I was just doing my job. You know, I didn't you know, I didn't have anything against you guys. That's <laughs> <a> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Down here in Austin, uh, we had a, a guy. I, I think he was homeless. You may know about America. Leslie... And uh, Leslie ran for mayor almost every year that he was alive, and he looked just like Channing, and he would uh, dress up and drag and just sort of hang out in bars and stuff. I remember I went to a bar one time, and he was there dressed as a nun. I'm like, where the fuck are you getting all these clothes, dude? You're, like, homeless. But he he died a few years ago, uh, but he looks just like Channing. So, all right. Unfortunate. Did he have the red hair too? Did he dye it to a look like? Uh, was it Connie who had the red hair? <laughs> yes. Yeah, natural. Yeah, <laughs> natural red hair, reddish hair. A little bit. Oh, that's interesting. A little bit, yeah. So okay, all yeah, right. What else, what else we got to say? Are we are we pretty much done here? I'm kind of. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think I've got nothing else to say about this movie. Uh, I love it. Um, I I. Yeah, I love I love it more talking about it with Caleb. Of course, there's Mr. Toadstool Eric over there. It was like, well, like like you said, Sean. Me and you both 
Because when I first watched this, I certainly was like, holy crap, I've never seen anything quite like this. And so I was intrigued, but I didn't love it the first time I watched it, certainly. Mm-hmm. It was on repeat viewings where it really just, I just fell in love with the weird vibe of the movie. So I totally get it, Eric, if this was just kind of not really to your taste on the first viewing. but <laughs> Definitely not my taste, as you say. I am actually also a bit disturbed for some reason of the, the burning of the, the trailer as well. I don't know why. Oh, really? <laughs> it disturbs you a little bit? A little bit. Just kind of the callous nature of them? No, just, well, just the wasting of the trailer. Seems like a perfectly okay... <laughs> I'm being sincere right now. Seems like a perfectly okay trailer, and they just really burn that whole thing down. And I was wondering, too, when... Is it Mink? When she throws the torch into the door, I, I always... I will, I I've only seen it one and a half times. Um, she got it right in the door on the first try, and yep, it looks like first try, and that's actually kind of impressive that she got it in there. Well, she also looks like she almost set herself on fire yes, with, it, with that yes, mink coat. Yes, if you yeah, if you pay attention. Yes, sure. but. I would love to see this in a, in, a, in a theater full of people, and you know Me I've only too. seen two movies like that. I've seen I, I got to see Rocky Horror a long time ago back in Chicago, and I also got to see Clue with a uh, a theater full of fans, and oh. uh, this is another one that uh, I would love to see again. And and Eric, your comment about the trailer, like oh this is a waste of a perfectly good trailer. Okay, that's your mom showing because your mom was the one that complained about. Oh my God, the dog poop in Roma in the in the driveway. Why don't they clean that up? <laughs> yes, that's that's a true famous story. Yes, <laughs> Eric, I, I thought you were reacting to uh, Babs and her family. Like they're breaking down in tears. Oh my God, this is such a personal attack. How could they do this to us? No, like, they're just, just so heartbroken. <laughs> it just seemed excessive to actually burn the trailer to to the ground. Yeah. It was probably a shitty trailer. You know. ah, ah, ah. Burned up poor, uh, poor mom's crib in there. Which again, I I don't get why the the mom's in a crib, but for whatever reason, it just seems to seems to work. <laughs> and she's so she's so wonderful in this. I mean, she's one of my favorite elements in the movie, Edith Maskey. And and you know, it's so great that she got a man that was willing to marry her, but. <laughs> it's not for her money. I don't think it's for her looks. It's for the love of the eggs. You know, they both seem to love eggs. He comes in with his suitcase full of them, and uh, she's the one who's the most thrilled. So he's like, as long as there's, as long as there's chickens who will give eggs, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give them to you, and we'll have love together. They actually, they really do make out though, in, yeah. in that in that scene. I mean, they they really make out. I don't know if there was tongue. But it was everything up to tongue. It looked like there was tongue. It's not the most far-fetched thing in this movie, not by a long shot. Uh, uh, I don't know. how. I, it, it does make me, if I, if I was an actor, how far would I go for film? Would I do uh, full frontal nudity? Years ago I would have because, pff, look at this. Not now, though. Uh, but uh, Now you're, uh, you're making me think of the Monty Python episode called Full Frontal Nudity. Where they just do weird interviews on the the streets of random Monty Python actors, being like, oh, "I would only do a full frontal nudity if they paid well, or I'd only do it if the the role requested it." Or then uh, John Cleese does one where he's like, "I would only do a role if it was full frontal nudity." 
I don't know if you, if you guys have seen those. <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've got the full box set of Monty Python, so it's, you know. <laughs> there was, uh, back in the day, I, I, I didn't watch the show, but I liked their movies, or for the most part, like Meaning of Life, which I think is my favorite, which means probably that I'm not really into Monty, Monty Python. Um, but in one of them, there was a skit where um, there were two guys in an office and they were betting on who would be jumping off the roof first as bodies oh, yeah, flew yeah. down. And then you it, it wasn't very funny. And then you count you, you cut to um, some guy writing a letter to the, to the filmmaker saying, I myself, this is ridiculous and it's a silly <laughs> thing. And I myself live uh, work in such a high uh, excuse me, I'm ruining a high skyscraper office. I have never. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's falling out of the office window. <laughs> that was one of the best things when they would put in like, if you don't like this sketch, write in a complaint to here. Or they would just interrupt the sketch to be like, this this has gotten too ridiculous. Like, let's move on. This is just silly. This is yeah. silly. <laughs> That's some of the best stuff in Mighty Python. And I liked, that's another reason why I liked uh, uh, Monty, uh, 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 The Meaning of Life, because all of a sudden, you get somebody walk on walk on screen and they say, Hello, you have reached the middle of the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one too much. I gotta go back to that. A fish, a fish. I'm searching for a fish. I don't even know what that scene is about, but that's the one also with Mr. Creosalt, the big, huge, fat guy that, you know, he orders everything uh, on the menu. He barfs. I can't take that. That's why I haven't gone back to that. I just can't take the vomiting. It's too oh, disgusting for me. You're you're a sympathy vomiter. So when you see somebody vomit on screen, you yeah. or in real life, yeah, yeah, it makes me gag. I I literally can't look at the screen. I have to turn away. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, but I guess we probably run our course with this movie here. I mean, it's. I guess we could do final thoughts, but Eric, I guess it sounds like you weren't too too impressed. Ah, final thoughts. Oh sure. Yeah, I guess you can start. Okay. Yeah, be Jerry Springer. Final thought of the day or whatever. You no, know, I think. I again, I think on paper there's a lot of good dialogue. I actually think there's a lot of good. Di- that's where this movie's better than Multiple Maniacs. There's a lot of things that if I just saw on paper, I thought, oh, that's witty. Oh, that's funny. I get it. Um. I think there's a lot of really good dialogue. I actually think this movie could have been redone by a different director and different and actual actors, and, and I would actually like it. I know that's that's um, <laughs> that's very blasphemous yeah. to say and very sacrilege because it would take everything out of the movie. Um, but I think there's a really good script here. I think if I had been just reading it, um, I'd go, man, this is some good shit you put down on paper. I think there's a lot of good, really, really, really funny dialogue. But but it just didn't work when I was actually looking at the movie itself. Um, or it or didn't work as much as I imagined in my head. Um, I actually think it's I think a lot of the humor is actually really smart and funny on paper. Um, but it's just it's just it's just too to say amateurish, I don't think that's the right way to describe it. Another way, another way I'd I like to describe this movie or think about it is, I brought up this up before, but um, back in the day when you could purchase eight millimeter uh, at home, uh, because it would be too expensive and, and take up too much space to buy full length movies back at the, in the day recreationally, 
um, they would make 10 minute cuts or edits of famous mainstream movies. So you just buy like the 10 minute cut. And I was raised on a few 10 minute cuts of, of some movies uh, when I was a kid. And, and so I only knew those movies by their 10 minute cuts. Um, and I think if this movie was cut down to 10 or 15 minutes, it would be the kind of thing like, man, this looks really, really funny. Um, and I could just imagine seeing that 10 or 15 minute cut and thinking, man, I would just want to see the original movie. I want to see the whole thing. Um, but then it wouldn't work the same way. I think it's, it would, this movie plays better in bite-sized bits. I think if you saw a trailer, you would think, oh man, this, this could be like the greatest Kentucky Fried movie or something like that. Um, but, or it reminds me of when there's, there's good, like SNL sketches, but then when you, when they translate them into long form, like when they would change some of the sketches of SNL into actual full-length movies, it just feels like, oh, like it works in small bites, but it doesn't work as a whole movie. If this was condensed down just the funny parts, I think it would work so much better. And like, let's pretend there was only bits and pieces of this movie that existed, that there no longer was an existing full cut. I think it, it, it would even have even more crazy legendary status that cult status where people would wonder, what are we missing? Like, what is it like to see the whole grand thing in its totality? But then it would just be a, a letdown to see the full thing. I, 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 I Does that make sense? I, I can understand the perspective. I, I, I can't agree, but I, I get what you mean. I also understand the idea of watching it more and having it grow on you. This is the kind of thing that for sure, if I had discovered it 25 years ago, I'm sure I'd have different thoughts of, about it now. Um, or, again, going back into back in the day like 25 years ago when when you had limited choices that if i had stumbled upon this i would have had no choice but to watch it a million times and i would have had this whole affinity for it that grew out of that that's what happened to me with barbarella um i grew up with bits and pieces of that movie since i was a kid uh and it wasn't until much later that i saw the whole thing but i loved it when i saw it in bits and pieces Mm. um and I could see loving this or appreciating it a lot more if I experienced it in bits and pieces originally. All right. Um, can I counter, Your Honor? I, I think that's all that's going to happen once I stop speaking. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, actually, that's, I'm supposed to. Anyway, don't get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Eric, I, I agree with Caleb. I, I appreciate your sp- perspective. I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought you would enjoy this more. Me too. Um, you brought you brought up an interesting thing. You said if they were to remake this or reboot this, um, you you can't. There's no way, and it's not a politically correct thing. I mean, let's pretend that you took out the chicken scene, you took out the asshole scene, uh, the blowjob scene, and. <laughs> <laughs> the dog shit scene. You know, let's just take those out and let's just make this, you know, remake this and cast, um, I don't know who the fuck. Uh, yeah, who, who could you cast? John Candy, if he was still, uh, you know. I have a I, counter to your counter. You, I have a counter to your counter. Wait, hold on. I'm not done, <laughs> counsel. Objection. <laughs> I don't actually do that. You can't do that in court. It's really bad. Um, so, you know, it, it can't be remade. You can do that with horror movies like Last House on the Left, the remake of Last House on the Left. 
is mm -hmm. actually better than the original. It, you know, it, it 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 still has the horrible like you know rape and all that. Or I may be confusing it with I spit on your grave, but they're 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 kind of the same in my mind. Um, but there's something about this particular recipe of actors and the director that this is something that you could never remake. And even if you remade it with people trying to act like the actors, it wouldn't work. Unless, again, there was that perfect chemistry that would still make you laugh and it would come across as stupid. Mm -hmm. Um... I, I just can't imagine it, and I hope it never happens, just like they should never remake Jaws, uh, even though people have talked about it. but uh, They will one day. No, I have, I have a counter to your counter. Now, okay. when I say remake, I don't mean remake like in the vein of like the Psycho remake or something. Or we've discussed before like the American remakes of European and Asian movies. No, that's that's not a good idea. That would not be good for this no. movie either. Yeah. When I say remake, what I'm imagining, and I don't really think modern either, like not a modern remake, but like if there would have been a remake in 1975 or something, but it's not so much about the actors, but I think some type of auteuristic filmmaker, if some auteuristic filmmaker in 1975 did the same story and even had all the elements of the chicken and everything and, and the asshole and everything. I think this movie could be a finer version of itself um, that would click with a wider audience of, 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 of critic types. And I could imagine, I could imagine that auteuristic filmmaker making a, a splendid, amazing version of this movie. And I could imagine appreciating that and then seeing oh by the way this was based upon john walt this is the original pink flamingos and i would go oh yeah okay i see the nuggets of genius in the original but whoever that artur filmmaker is oh but they 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 brought it together in a different i i can just imagine this as a thought experiment um and i can but but, but yeah obviously it doesn't exist that version. i could only imagine it as a thought experiment like like the remake of psycho um, everything in this movie works because the actors do not have any comedic talent whatsoever. <laughs> they, all, they, they only know how to play a certain type. Um, and, and that's it. Okay. Well, I even, think you could, I even think you, uh, you could even use the same cast and everything. I just think a different director and or editor could have made this better even with all the same people in the same locations and the same budget okay. interesting i don't know john waters you can even hear it in this movie he kind of talks in a very particular way and he writes dialogue in a very particular way in the way that these actors try to get their mouths around his way of speaking is just it's just incredibly humorous to me i i just very much enjoy it and i want to say this too I actually kind of do like the way, like you say, it's written in his voice and they're attempting. And there is something about this Baltimore accent, but I don't know exactly what it is. I know he talks about it at length in some of the, the special features in Multiple Maniacs. But it's like, you know the whole transatlantic accent? You've seen like little videos talking about that or something before? Oh, well, my old brother, uh, my old crush, Vincent Price. 
Right, so you guys know the transatlantic oh, yeah, accent, yeah. right? So to me, this is like a Baltimore take on the trans, and they and they've created their own unique transatlantic, like slummy Baltimore thing, which I actually like. Mm-hmm. I actually like that in multiple meanings, and I like that in this because it is so unique and it's unlike yeah. anything else. I do appreciate that, and I do like that type of delivery. And like, if I watch, it reminds me of like Fargo, the movie and the series. Where there's something endearing about the way they they make that accent, that that uh, Midwest accent, and I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Gonna just put that out there. Yeah, and you can you can feel some of that with George Romero too. There's that very regional aspect. Yeah, and I like the localism of that. That's unique about that. I'm I'm totally down with that with these two movies. Um, it's just there's 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 something about the direction and editing. Everything else could stay the same, but something about the direction and the editing I don't like that that ruins it for me. Mm, interesting. Well, it is extremely amateurish. I mean, <laughs> just the way that he handles. I understand, Zoom. but I'd rather watch that quiet Linklater piece that you brought up earlier. Um, like oh, the Impossible to Plow movie. Yes, that's what it is. Impossible to plow, like from a book or something like that. It's yeah, not it's, great. It's impossible to plow without reading a book. Yes, or by reading a book. Yeah, something like that. It's not a great film, but I rather watch. I see more of the nuggets of genius in that as rough as it is. Wow, wow, I can't agree there, but <laughs> okay. So I, this is the thing. You you say it's not very well directed, but, but you know, it's still. Um, at the end of this, apparently John Waters makes some sort of speech, and he's doing it right now from his desk. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know, there, there's. I found out um, back in college that just you know, devouring every bad movie that has ever been made, you'd think it would be fun, but it's not fun. It's not fun. We just watched Battlefield Earth. Um, that movie is not fun. It is a well, aside from John uh, Travolta's performance, uh, it's kind of a snooze fest. Um, but I'm going to give you a perfect example. That, you know, considered one of the worst movies ever made is... Uh, um, Battlefield Earth. No. Uh, what's the... Oh. oh, Jesus Christ. Plan 9. Plan 9. Yes, Plan 9 from Outer Space. And if you watch uh, the movie Ed Wood, you're like, oh, wow, I've got to see this. It's bad. It's uh, bad. I've only seen... A bit of Plan Nine. It's overall a bad movie. I've only seen a bit of Plan Bad Nine, but I, I I feel like I'd rather watch that and appreciate it's it for its badness than this. No, it it is a fucking no. You can't. I've I've watched it twice. It is each time I was like, why did I do this? Why did I choose to watch this fucking movie? It's it's not even funny bad. It's just miserable bad. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to watch more of it. Yeah, it's it's a slog. It's it's an hour and a half of just people talking in rooms, and you know you could talk about. I mean, there are moments that are mm-hmm. actually funny um, that you can see, but the plot is actually you could rework the plot to make it a good movie. <laughs> but it's it's boring. It's boring. Boring, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, there's excuse me, there's lots of movies out there that I've seen, and and, and no, you know, not a lot of people have seen. The- that would be good because you know you brought up Ed Wood, and that reminds me of that other movie. Oh, what is it called? Um, with with James Franco, the Disaster Artist, um, The Room. 
The Room? Yeah, The Room. Yeah. But wait, yeah. is that what it was called? The James Franco one? No, the that room? was The Disaster Artist. The Disaster Artist, yeah. thank you. The Disaster Artist. So the, you know that's a bit akin to um, Ed Wood, the movie. Um, yeah, that's fair. See, that could be a good idea if somebody did that kind of treatment for Pink Flamingos. Oh. Did a Disaster Artist, but it was Pink Flamingos. And I want to see that, actually. Like, where they, you know, it's, it's it's a drama based upon the making of Pink Flamingos. You know what I mean? I think that would be pretty cool to see. I, I think John Waters is a little bit too much of a pop culture figure. Because Tommy Wiseau and John Wood, or uh, what's the fuck's his name? Ed Wood. Ed, Ed <laughs> Wood. Woods. I think they were a little bit <laughs> underground enough that people in the mainstream didn't know them. But John Waters has been all over. The I place agree. And... I agree, but I still think I would like to watch that movie, and I would like to see that drama, and I would like to see these characters like being the actors, you know, the real people, so to speak, the dramatized real people. And I'd like to see that movie with everyone doing the Baltimore accent, and like see them filming it, and like I would like to see wait, that. wait, wait. That's cool. How does, how does, that sounds like a good idea. How does the reporter? Oh, how does the reporter John Waters say it? Is it Baltimore? He says he says it differently than Baltimore. Downtown Baltimore, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I don't I don't get the Baltimore, but you know what? I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna agree with Eric for once tonight <laughs> on that point. Um, and it would have to be maybe about 20 years from now after John Waters mm-hmm. is dead because I think he's like, is he in his 70s? Yeah, 70s. I think that would be cool, and I think just like those two things you meant, uh, the two properties we're talking about, it would bring more eyes to the original Pink Flamingos and make people seek it out yeah. and give it another look. I would love to see that, like how batshit crazy like the making of was in a dramatized form. Yeah, and you could have like Jessica Lange play Edie in The Crib. I mean, oh. could you just see that? Yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> I don't cool. know who would play Divine or anybody else. Or maybe even she could play uh, the Ming Stoll uh, role. But yeah, I, I I like that idea. I think it's cool. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, they've done this with other movies. Uh, Eric, have you seen Mank yet? For fuck's no, sake. No, but I'm going to. I'm 100% going to. It's. It, I'm so going to watch that movie. I'm so intrigued by anything I hear about that movie. Caleb, have you seen this Mank? Nope. This movie Mank? Not yet. It's 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 on Netflix. It only came to my attention because it was nominated for Best Picture, and um, I the 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 people that I uh, heard you know on podcasts they were like, oh, this is just Hollywood, you know, masturbation. You know, they're making movies about making movies, and Hollywood loves that, so it's it's just Oscar bait. Um, but it turns out, I started watching it, and it is a bunch of people talking in rooms. But what's so fascinating about the movie is that. They, uh, it's 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 in black and white, and it's directed very much like how you would see Citizen Kane directed, and also the sound is in such a way that it sounds like you're hearing it in a theater where the sounds the, the sound sounds kind of echoey. Oh wow! Um, and I was impressed with it. I, I like I I for the most part I really like movies about making movies, uh, yeah. like The Disaster Artist. I'm 100 percent gonna watch it, and if I like it, we're gonna have to discuss it on somebody's podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I still think Hail Caesar is good, um, but that's another okay. conversation for another day. I think it's better than everybody thinks it is. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. 
But I only saw it once in the theater. Maybe I'd like it more on a rewatch, but... Oh god, I'm on the shit-eating scene. Oh, poor... Poor Divine. The expression that, uh... Oh, dear. <laughs> I didn't realize this was on the DVD, but after they're done with the movie, they... Uh, John Waters has, like, a little... Uh, he's talking about... Like, a little documentary about... Like, yes. It, it, yes, that is part of the special the feature. Deleted scenes. Yeah. Yes. On the Criterion, um streaming service when you play the movie if you keep the movie playing it goes right into that but it doesn't show you the the, the it doesn't show you the visual um and i was like what is this because it was giving me the captions of it but you can find it elsewhere on the criterion channel you can actually watch it and that's the deleted scenes i was talking about and that's where he explains about um the chicken being being a lucky chicken Interesting. And they show that they don't show the chicken being cooked, but they show right before the chicken is cooked, um, because Divine is uh, cooking up some eggs, of course, uh, presumably for her mother. But yeah, I, I overall, uh, you know, thumbs up on this movie. Um, if if y'all are listening to this and this sounds interesting, fuck yeah, go watch it. You won't regret it. Uh, that's all I gotta say. I don't know. Pink Flamingos is just so unique and such an animal unto itself that uh, mm-hmm. it defies you, you can't you know. I, I know Caleb hasn't said his last <laughs> piece yet but I'm actually giving it two and a half um, headless chickens out of, out of five um, and on Rotten Tomatoes, good grief with the critics it's 81% with the audience it's 72% and it says Uproarious and appalling, Pink Flamingos is transgressive camp that proves as entertaining as it does shocking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't have much to say either. I mean, I, I really think this is... It's kind of like, I guess, beer in some ways, because beer... Beer? Yeah, I, I feel like beer is kind of an acquired taste to some degree. Some people drink it, but they don't really get the taste. They just drink it for, you know, just drinking it. But, you know, on repeated viewings, I think this movie just gets better and better. Every time I watch it, I like it more. And, yeah, I don't know. I think your analogy works better if you substitute IPA for a beer. Except that I would never think think of Pink Flamingos as an IPA. Um, But I guess it is, in a way. Like, out of a unique boutique brewery. yeah, it was a bad, it's probably a bad analogy, but I'm a little wasted, but, um, you know, I, I still, I, I love this movie. I mean, I, I just enjoy John Waters across the board, but this one's, oh, I don't know, maybe this might be my favorite, but, you know, that seems a little uh, Going back to the beer. Oh, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> going back to the beer analogy, I'm going to say it's the old style uh, beer of movies because old style doesn't taste good unless you're at a Cubs game. No, I think what it is <laughs> is when I've had friends who buy one of those like self like like beer making kits and, and you like <laughs> you get all the ingredients and then you brew it at home uh, like in a two liter bottle and you go look I made beer like at home and I'm like oh that's cool and then I drink it and I go okay pink flamingos. I had somebody uh, one time they brought a bottle of root beer over to the house um, <laughs> poured it out and I'm like 
It was horrible. It tasted like soy sauce. I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, oh, mm, it's good. It's such a great job brewing it. The first um, time I've laughed in this podcast. Oh, I, I'm, right. I'm surprised, Eric. I'm surprised you didn't like this more, but, but uh, you know, fair enough. It is what it is. I don't know. And, and you know, I like everything. Like, I'm, I'm Mikey Likes It from the old Life Serial commercials. And, and these are like the two duds of all the things I've potted on in the last two years. Uh, this and, 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 uh, and Multiple Maniacs. I mean, they, they were okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they are definitely... John Waters, in general, I think is a pretty acquired taste. But I'm totally open to watching more of his movies. And I wouldn't be surprised if I really liked one or two or three of his other films um it yeah 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 we'll we'll definitely do serial mom again i know they released a blu-ray a couple years ago that i would love i would love to buy so we can we can do that sometime soon and if you don't like that one maybe we'll stop because i don't know what else to show you after serial mom <laughs> yeah, really if you don't like that one eric you don't have a sense of humor that we enjoy you just at least the john waters type i mean yeah go watch benny hill eric you'll like that I've seen Benny Hill. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's odd to me, because I can usually suss out whatever it is, for whatever cult classic it is, even if it's not my jam. I can usually suss something out of the formula. Yeah, and it it could be that LGBT leaning kind of, I don't know what angle, but John Waters definitely you know has that appeal in that community. Yeah. And I I, I honestly don't know if he has much broad appeal beyond them. I I genuinely don't know if he has any sort of mainstream appeal except for maybe hairspray but hairspray i really <laughs> i don't even know if people more like that for his version or the remake version i don't know but I, I i remember a lot of people my age my generation who have a thing for hairspray um and probably know nothing else of john waters filmography oh even even his 80s version 80s version of what like like the the hairspray not like the 2000 I think it was I'm not talking about the new or... one. I'm talking about the original. Oh, okay. Because I know that had a huge appeal. No, because a lot of people my age caught it on television, which is how I caught it. And they, and I know people my age, mostly ladies, or I should say all ladies, who have a thing for the original Hairspray, just like they do with like the original Grease for some reason. I, mm. I like Grease, but it, it's just... It's like Rocky Horror. It, it has like a life that's... It, it's so much greater than the sum of its parts. Hmm. Well, catch us on the next time, guys. Peace. Peace.